Dan Cable Presents Podcast that you have uh, tuned in here to, and uh, you can find fresh episodes of it every Friday. If you just uh, hit subscribe on the old iTunes, new episodes will pop into your feed as soon as they're available, and uh, it's a super helpful way to support the podcast in a free way. If you also just go ahead and click the five stars and click write a review there on iTunes and say a few nice words. And that will help propel the show into the uh, the top of the iTunes charts. And it will help more people find the show. More strangers will stumble upon it. And uh, the podcast will become more nationally visible, which is great for all the artists that come on and uh, just the sustainability of the show. So check that out. Check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel because that features a bunch of in-studio performances as well as uh, some live show performances and whatnot, and trying to put videos up there as frequently as possible. Uh, still have some My Body videos that should be dropping. Portland band My Body. Um, those should be should be dropping here pretty soon via Vortex Music Magazine, which is a great magazine here in Portland, and I'm happy to contribute to that thing pretty regularly got some fun things coming up with vortex including this weekend i'm 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 just uh about an hour or so away from heading over to the grounds of pickathon um an unbelievable music festival held here just outside of portland and i am i am geeked i'm ready i can't wait to to share all of the uh the fun after this weekend with with the listeners out there just um I have some bands on my schedule on my interview schedule. I get to do all these cool on-camera interviews with bands and that and there's a couple I think that people are going to uh be very excited about and including myself. I'm I'm geeked to talk to to everybody. I'm I'm pumped on my my lineup schedule this this year and uh but I will definitely you know, share my experiences maybe next week, a little, little pick-a-thon wrap-up and maybe maybe feature some music from there and whatnot. But y'all feeling good out there? Are you feeling good? I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm feeling uh, pretty pumped. I don't know if it's, it's – I mean, obviously, pick-a-thon has got me psyched. But also, I just got back from Milwaukee, Wisconsin for my uh, my cousin Max got married to um, his wonderful new wife, Sarah. And I just had I had a blast out in Milwaukee. It's my second time going to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and got to spend a little bit more time there this time. Cruised around on my own a little bit in between wedding festivities. Cruised over to the, uh, had to go find a, a record store there in Wisconsin. And I ended up going to Bullseye Records. Shout out to Bullseye. A uh, cool little store in Milwaukee, and one thing I like to do 
when I go to a record store in another city is I like to try to buy a record from a band that is either from that city or maybe just from that state. And um, I had a few in mind. I was really trying to pick up uh, this dude Milo's record. He's a rapper out of Milwaukee. Don't believe he resides there anymore. And uh, But I, I was unable to find that. But I thought the, the next move would be to to pick up the only Bone of Air record that I don't have in my collection. So it was just... This is kind of cool thing. This is uh, some nerdy shit that I like to do. Aside from, you know, actually just check out the record store in those cities. It's, it's just uh, uh, something I like to do. I like to I like to grab something that came from that state and uh, vibe out with it that way. So, um, Bullseye Records, check it out if you're in Milwaukee. Very cool little store, and um, yeah, my cousin and his. And his wife just had a really nice wedding. They threw a real, real dope party. It was a, it was a very cool way to spend my 33rd birthday. Yep, your boy's getting old. I'll tell you what. But uh, yeah, it was a blast, man. And I, I really love the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I get down with it. And for someone that's been living in Portland, Oregon for the last five and a half years. Or so, I think it's uh, when you when you live in a city like this. I think you start to recognize other cities kind of making that transition into becoming this "quote unquote" cool, hip place. And and Milwaukee looks like some of its neighborhoods are are very much on the verge, and and some have already been there for many moons. But it, it just looks like it's uh it's just becoming a city that's where it's really about to pop off and. Um, just thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Always, always dig hanging in the Midwest. Uh, I have not had many poor experiences in the Midwest. Um, so yeah, I'm just psyched. I hope, hope everybody out there is, is doing well. We got a, we got a great episode for you. Just want to shout out, um, a couple, I guess just one calendar day for the most part, September 5th. I know it's a little... It's about a month out, but if you're in the Portland area, Fox and Bones is uh, having their tour kickoff at Alberta Street Pub, and um, Fox and Bones is a it's a great great duo. Sarah Vitort, Scott Gilmore, they've been touring around the country and around the world for the last man couple years. Sarah was pretty much the first guest ever on this podcast if you go back to episode two because episode one is uh not available anywhere it's kind of in a vault and um but but sarah she was she was the first the first episode basically and she and scott joined me for the first live podcast so there's a couple videos up there they're they're a little old now um but still cool performances they're on the youtube channel but they're they're doing another european tour and so they're having a kickoff party on september 5th at alberta street pub and they're doing it with my friends brother not brother and it's a big show for brother not brother because they are re-releasing their first record um, which was released as hammerhead when they were still the hammerhead 
and they're re-releasing that first record and they've added a couple tracks which is great but the uh the kicker let's talk to you about the kicker the kicker is that they're um for the first time they're gonna play as a full band they're usually a a duo that both play percussion and and usually crank out a pretty big sound that way but it's gonna be very cool especially for myself and maybe others that have seen them a lot this will be a real treat to kind of see them as a uh, four or five piece band and they've got some some really great players lined up to to do that show so come check that out it's a wednesday night and it's uh the show starts at a reasonable time for a wednesday night so check it out find the details on the on the internets and whatnot i also just want to give a shout out to my uh my friends and the co-founder they released a new record today. I just finished listening to it for the first time all the way through this morning. And it's called Gymnasium. It's their first full length. And I could not be uh, prouder of those guys. They've been working their ass off, touring super hard. I've featured a couple conversations with them here on the past um, episodes. And we'll probably try to catch up with Hayden, if not the rest of the band, to just have a short chat about the new record but it's it's called gymnasium and it's great and i think y'all should check it out and i'm going to try to remember to include that in the episode notes um but this episode we got episode 122 episode 122 is uh with joey Harmon, who is the the brain behind this this new project called boots void new band some of you might know Joey as the drummer for Tango Alpha Tango, who is a killer Portland organ band, and they have a great following, and they are such a great band to see live. Um, Joey also usually plays with Quiet Type, who have been on this podcast before, Bobby and Lee, killer dudes, and... Um, but, but Joey had, had made me aware that, that he was putting out this record about six months ago. And when he sent it to me, I, I, was, I was immediately in. I was just like, yeah, dude, let's, let's hang. Let's chat about this. And it's, it's pretty incredible as, as kind of his first release as, as a songwriter and, and front man of this band that that he's putting together um he recorded all almost all of the instruments on this record himself which is so unreal and impressive because he's he's such a great drummer but to also find out that he's so skilled on on other instruments but also vocally so strong vocally so rad um it was it was fun to hang with joey and, and talk to him about this boots void album and um you know it's a little little slow start joey and i haven't really hung out before um we've gotten to say what's up to each other here and there at shows that i've seen him play but this was kind of our first hang so you know it took it took a minute for us to to hit a stride but i feel like the second half we really we hit a rhythm and and started dialing into some cool shit and and i just i appreciated the conversation with him and i think it was very cool to 
kind of get his perspective on on songwriting and and find out that you know it's very much informed from his point of view as a drummer and and how the drum set sort of informs him as a writer so um yeah cool shit coming at you the boots void record is available on all the uh the streaming platforms i will include the uh the notes there in the in the show notes as well as the uh the instagram handle which is flying fish tattoo for ruby who we speak about she did all the artwork for the record and it's so cool the the actual art on the disc um, for the cd version is so rad you can find it um on the boots void instagram handle as well i think ruby posted it as well but i will include uh those things in the show notes and the record is called cave paintings it's it's killer and yeah man this was just a an inspiring conversation we we touched a little bit about you know why joey wanted to put this music out and he just kind of talked about the importance of putting things out and maybe being ashamed to uh not not share your your songs and your your art with people and it was inspiring in the sense that that i have have kind of been sitting on all this music and all these songs for the last four or five years or however long it's been since i put any music out and we talked about that a little bit and uh definitely definitely made me want to put some music out so I'm, i'm hoping to quit using all of these things I have going on as excuses for being too busy to do so. Um, but yeah, you'll hear about it. We talked about it. Uh, and that's it. So leave your, your leave your iTunes reviews. And you can send me an email at dancablepresents at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at dancablepresents, at dancable on Twitter. We are kicking this episode off with the first track from the Boots Void record, which is called Cave Paintings. We got episode 122 coming at you with Boots Void, Joey Harmon of the band. And this is the first track off the record. It's called Gravity. Let's get into it.
right, Joey Harmon. Hey. How goes it? How goes it? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm uh I'm doing great. I'm stoked to uh to sit down and kind of learn about how this this Boots Void project began and dive into the to the debut record, this Cave Paintings album and but I guess I just kind of want to start by by learning a little bit about your musical background and I think I think a lot of folks around Portland know you as a drummer yeah of uh you know playing in some some bands like tango alpha tango and i know you sit in with the quiet type fellas pretty often and did you play with with adam brock when he had old wave going too i did yeah okay yes i played with him that was really fun i play whenever i get a chance to you know people hit me up i play in their band or whatever do some shows do some recordings that sort of thing so I'm like a, I'm a drummer primarily. That's always been my focus. I've been doing that my whole life. Um, yeah, and then there's Tango, Tango Alpha Tango. We play out a lot. Super fun. Nathan and Mirabai, they're great people. Yeah, but but drums were that was the first instrument that you that you came to. No, piano was. Okay. I started with piano. You have to kind of sort of a journey figuring out what you should play. But started out with piano. Um, switched to guitar when I was in fourth grade. And then when I was playing, I, I started a band with my friend who had a drum set. He's probably the only person I knew who had a drum set. I started that in fourth grade. And then whenever we'd go over there to practice, we would just switch instruments. And so I realized maybe I should be playing drums and not guitar because we'd always swap. And so I started begging my parents for a drum set. And it took like took a good year before they actually you know, because I kept switching hobbies. So it took about a year before they actually bought me a kit. <laughs> I'm glad they did, though. I've been playing ever since. It's been, I've been playing for like 20 years now. That's killer, man. Um, as far as jumping on the piano pretty, at a pretty early age, was that um, something your parents got you into? Or are you pretty drawn to music on your own at, from an early age? Well, if you, I mean, we had instruments in the house. So, you know... I feel like if you have instruments laying around and, and you have kids, like they're either going to go play them or not, you know. So, yeah, we had a piano, so I'd play that a lot. And my parents got my brother piano lessons, and then um, they asked if I wanted them. Yeah, so I guess I just really got into piano in the very beginning. And then, and then as soon as you kind of jumped on the drums, that kind of speak to you a little bit more than... Any of the other instruments that you'd played before? I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah. Like, I, I think, uh, I mean, they're all great. All instruments are awesome. But there's something about, yeah, there's something about drums. It's just a, it's actually really similar to piano, though. It's just, you know, this percussive thing. I feel like it might be easier to start out on drums than it is to start out on piano. So maybe it had more appeal in the beginning. Now I wish I played piano. <laughs> better <laughs> but, you know you can always learn once you have learn, learn one instrument you can kind of like switch to another because the 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 rules and the all the techniques and everything are they kind of transfer over but uh so once you kind of started that that band early on with with your friend when you you were in like grade school is that something that just kind of continued throughout the rest of school days, high school and whatnot, just playing Being in different bands. bands? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, once you're in a band, you don't want to stop doing that. It's too fun. Yeah. 
and you start getting better, you know, like, especially when you first pick up an instrument, if you're playing it all the time, your progress is crazy. And it's, you know, music is way more fun when you're playing with other people. It's fun to practice, but I mean, it's, sometimes it's not fun to practice, but playing with people is just the best feeling. It's like a, it's like a drug. It really is. It's like total endorphin rush. It's like playing team sports or something. It's the same kind of feeling. Like when you, you hit a double playing baseball, it's like, playing a good that fill rush. you know yeah, and, yeah but it's so cool because when you're playing with people you just you listen to each other and you just make this thing happen and it's like bigger than all of you individually and it just like kind of live for the song it's really it's really a cool experience yeah you're just kind of creating something out of nothing which is yeah. the cool part about it and i played a lot of sports growing up and whatnot and i felt i I think they're definitely similar in ways that it can like as far as music and sports like can keep you very present but uh it's definitely a different different energy in in both of those. Yeah, but, it's like it's like meditating. Both of them are really similar to meditating. Yeah, I don't think I like really realized that on the on the sports level until more recently like I stopped playing sports for so long and recently I started getting like pretty heavy into ice hockey again. So oh, I'm cool. playing like a lot of hockey. And so it took like 10 years away from it. And now just playing, I, re I realized like how, how important it was to me. Like since it was such a, like an everyday part of my life or every week, you know, playing, playing four times a week and to just kind of like revisit it. It's just like, Oh, I, I get a lot of peace, peace of mind out of, out of doing this. It's kind of wild. Yeah, totally. Um, you ever played golf? I've played a little bit of golf. My grandpa is is way heavy into golf, and he was always, uh, always playing as I was a kid. And I would go out with him every once in a while. And uh, I would say more recently, I've been out with him a few times. And that game is uh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. You you play? Uh, yeah, I'm not very good, but I was gonna say the swing is really like meditation, like. You really have to just let everything go, or else you know you you won't hit the ball right. Yeah, it's it's definitely like one of those games. It's similar yeah. to I like to shoot a lot of pool. That's kind of like a similar game. I like those games though that are where you're mostly just playing against yourself, like like a game like golf. You know, you're competing with others, but it's just really it's all on you to <laughs> to create what happens. Yeah. Um, but just th yeah, any of that stuff, you just kind of realize it's it's a total mind game. As physical as sports or even playing drums or music is, is, is very much like a mind mind thing. Mm -hmm. um, so like after you graduated high school and whatnot and got got out of there, were you pretty set on like music, just kind of being what you wanted to do? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was either music or snowboarding, and it just seemed more realistic to do music. And um, yeah, I ended up going to music school, and it's yeah, I really learned how to practice, how to how to shed. It's like all you want to do is practice all the time. You know, when you're when you're working for a music degree, you just have to work really hard for it, and then you try to keep that going when once you graduate. So, I mean, yeah, like after college and everything, yeah, I wanted to keep doing music. I've, never wanted to stop doing it it's like do you ever want to stop eating <laughs> you ever think about like skipping out on sleep for 
couple years. I'm like, you can't do that. Yeah, it's just become that that sort of outlet in your life. It's a, yeah. a nece- like a necessary thing to do, not yeah. not necessarily just something you want to do, but something right. you need to do. Yeah, it's not always fun. It's not always something you want to do. And it just takes a lot, a lot of work to maintain a high level of of musicianship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Where did you go to music school at? The new school in Manhattan. It's a jazz conservatory. Okay. Um, are you originally from the Portland area? Yeah, I'm from West Lynn. Okay. Yeah. So you've definitely been around to to see this place change pretty significantly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's changed a lot. You feel like the the music scene has gotten better um, due to so many people moving this way. Probably. It's kind of hard to say. I'm sure it has. Were you were you uh, playing out pretty frequently, like in this area? Uh, just when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say super frequently, but quite a bit. I mean, for you know, a, a lot for like a 16 year old. Yeah. Did you did you move back to Portland like right away after uh, after music school in Manhattan? No, I stayed there for a year, and I cooked for a while at a restaurant on uh, Greenwich Avenue fancy italian place and then i moved back here and started cooking and then got back into the scene okay how how long ago did you link up with with nathan and start playing in tango probably five years ago all right right on and then were you always kind of messing around with other instruments after you kind of found drums to be your go-to I think I did drums for a while where I, I just wasn't really playing a lot of guitar or anything like that after I think music school kind of just got me very focused on drumming and you know I, I wanted to teach so which I do now so I, I really wanted to dive into that world even more than I had um, but yeah like once I got a guitar a few years ago um, I started writing music on it and that got me back into uh, the idea of just composing and all that and if you can call it that i mean jamming with yourself because you know, you have like garage band these like programs on 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 mac that you can or any whatever that you can just like record yourself playing one thing and then you can record yourself playing another thing over the top of that and layer it up until you have like a band playing i mean that's always been right. really appealing to me and that's what drum set is that's what it's all about you have your bass drum you have your snare drum you got your two toms you got your cymbals um you got your hi-hat and so that's f- five different things you can do you've got four limbs and uh you're really trying not to step on l- let one thing step on the other thing you want it all to kind of you know play play as a groove like in harmony and so you're making you're constantly making space for everything so that's what that's what it is to like you know arrange something or you know write a song you want to have like the bass doing one thing and the guitar doesn't get in the way of the melody and you have to consider all that sort of stuff when you're mixing and like you don't want the you don't want anything clashing or or like you know stepping on anything else so drums are really similar to that it kind of gave me a good good ear for that i guess or a decent enough ear for that that i could do it on my own yeah i definitely seem to appreciate drummers who start writing their like own music or even start singing in a band so just i i feel like 
everything they do is kind of informed by their experience on the drum kit and you just like you do like maybe hear something in a different way and seems to provide this different perspective when when writing tunes yeah that could be true um definitely uh phil collins is is my my guy and, and yeah. he definitely uh did it that way and um just from talking to a couple other like local drummers like chris spicer from camp crush and there's this dude aaron derosa from falcon heart and he also like he played drums for so long and then in this new band he's he's playing front and and playing guitar and and singing and whatnot and it's just i don't know it seems to have like this different vibe and and definitely vocally i feel like it comes through a lot there's seems to be this this understanding of like the vocal pocket that's pretty awesome and yeah i was super blown away dude when you sent me the the record and that was like six months ago i think maybe and i was very very impressed from from the get-go of like hearing hearing gravity that that first track that we played up top and the first track on the record i was i was thoroughly impressed dude <laughs> thanks man thanks yeah i was i was just immediately got kind of beetles and shins and tame impala and you know stuff like that kind of kind of flowing in that's cool i mean i love those bands the, i didn't even know tame impala when i wrote most of these songs which is kind of funny i didn't even know war on drugs and then i i realized now that it's, it kind of has that that yeah. vibe. but maybe we're all just listening to the Beatles. <laughs> maybe that's what's <laughs> I, going I on. I think uh, you you know that could be a thing. Definitely, you know, a song like No Code. I even get like some Flaming Lips vibes out of that. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely the Beatles vibes seem seem to be there. Um, yeah, you said you've been kind of working on these songs for like the last four years or so or at least yeah, started writing them yeah maybe four years ago yeah this was like this whole thing was kind of a a learn how to write music kind of project i mean i've tried before but sort of failed and this is the closest i've gotten to not failing <laughs> this record is <laughs> and yeah i started i started writing like four years ago and um it's been i've been recording it with daniel hanlon for two years um because you know you have to save up for each session and all that, but but there's also like, I mean the songs weren't really completed when I brought them in. Most of them, maybe half of them, were ready to go, and then there were probably like five other songs that, well, I've got the here's a cool section and here's a cool section put together, but there's no lyrics or like I don't know what I'm gonna do for for guitar part here or whatever. You know, so there's just a lot of figuring it out in the studio, and it just took forever. But the songs themselves, I wrote yeah four years ago, so I'm already I'm already writing more music. When you uh, when you started like writing that batch of tunes, did you know that it was like going to be these ten songs that you wanted to put on the record? No, no, I, I wrote a bunch of songs and I just kind of picked these and um, I wasn't actually going to do ten songs. I was going to do seven, I think. And then Danny convinced me. He said. These were these other three songs he thought I should put on there. They were sort of incomplete, and so it took a while to get those done. Cause they're old. They're old songs. It's like how do you 
how do you write lyrics and a melody to a song that you wrote four years ago and have had no new ideas for since? <laughs> you know, it's not easy to do it. Yeah. It took a long time. You're just kind of, yeah, definitely not in that same mindset that you actually wrote right. the tune in, obviously. Yeah, like I don't write music like this anymore. I mean, I want to. I like this music, but it's not, it's just I'm doing different things now. It's like different stylistically but i'm still i'm still into this and it sounds like it was all made around the same time even though it was like four years yeah i mean i think it's definitely sounds very cohesive but offers a lot of different dynamic and it's way relevant to you know what's what's going on with with music right now i think i don't i don't think that's good to hear i don't think that you can tell that it's dated at all you know it's like it doesn't doesn't feel like these songs were meant for coming out four years ago right, or anything yeah. like that. Well, I'm not know? trying to write for a certain style. I'm not trying to like get, you know, do something that, because when you do that, you end up writing something that has already been done. By the time yours is finished, they're under the next thing. So you should just write something that's authentic to you. If you can play it on acoustic guitar and, and sing it and it sounds like a good song, then that'll work in any, you know, any form. Of, I mean, I brought these songs to Danny O'Hanlon and we just kind of hashed them out and he plugged in a lot of his gear. We tried some different stuff and just got some cool sounds that, I mean, a lot of this gear that we used, it's, you know, stuff from the sixties, microphone from the fifties on forties, even on one of them. I mean, like we're just, the, the gear that we're using is, is old and new and you can make any sort of sound with that. And if the song is decent, it's going to sound cool. And if you have an idea of what vibe you're going for and you, you know, and you can play that, I mean, it's going to sound good. Basically, anything you do is going to sound good enough, you know? Yeah. Um, you feel like maybe the time, like the reason it took a while to get this record out into the world also is just because you wanted it, you were pretty meticulous about what you wanted to have on the record? Like sure, yeah. I'm there definitely, I mean, every single note is thought out. And I've, I've, there's a bunch of tracks that I didn't use on every song because I'm, I like to put everything in and then carve away, you know, instead of like adding stuff in piece by piece. I like to have like a, too many tracks, like too many, like here's five different ideas for a guitar track. And then you have to kind of shuffle through those and figure that out. Um, sorry, what, what was the question I spaced? Oh, just as, as far as, uh, I don't know. Apparently I've, <laughs> I've spaced it too. Um, oh, I was just asking you if if it maybe took a while to get this record out just because you're pretty meticulous about what you want, wanted in the song. And, um, obviously you, you tried a bunch of different stuff to see what worked. Well, okay, look, there's, there's a lot of different things that go into making a record and usually you have a team. I mean, maybe you have a record label or at least a band, you know, like group of people that you can bounce ideas off of. Um, the process is is slow and grueling when you have one person doing it, two, me and Danny. I mean, we co-produced it. And we bounced ideas off of each other, but it's really on me, you know. Like I got to take it home and figure out what part's going to work the next day or whatever. But that's just the recording part. I mean, you have to get it mastered. You have to get it mixed. You have to get the record printed. You have to do distribution. You have to do all the social media stuff and everything, get that all ready. I mean, it, it's really a team effort, and if it's one person, it's just going to take five times longer, really. 
So that's why it took so long. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like my, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the label. You know what I mean? Right. I don't have a record label, so I'm like, it's my budget, it's my money that I have to save I f- up to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you don't have money, you're not recording. Um, I guess when I when I listen to the record, it feels like to me that there was a lot of thought put behind everything. Totally. Yeah. So I guess that's why I asked about like the length that it took to put the record out. Just it just feels like it wasn't going to be rushed for like in any way that would affect the quality of the product. Yeah. So it comes totally. across to me that way. You well, know, thank like you. The sonically is fucking, it's great, man. Like, Thanks. yeah, do you just all the, like the guitar tones specifically just sound so fat on everything and just everything, like the mix on it is, is just super rad. So awesome. Thanks. It's, uh, yeah, for for like a first record, it's 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 killer, man. That's how I feel about it too. It's like you know, I, I feel like I could do better now or whatever. I mean, but it's it was the best I could do when I, when I did it, and and it's the first one. I mean, listen to your favorite band's first record, and you know what I'm saying. Like th- this isn't this isn't a bad first record. <laughs> this is pretty cool. No, dude. <laughs> By no means. <laughs> I'm happy not, with I'm, what happened. I'm glad <laughs> that you're happy about it because it's uh, yeah. I I just think everybody would you know should check this out just because it's it's just fat dude it's rad <laughs> and that's not just i'm not saying that it's the best record you'll ever hear but i'm just saying i'm happy with what what happened and you know there's stuff on here that i i cringe when i listen to it and whatever that's just how it goes when you put something out that means it's personal yeah right and you know you you're the one who has to just like you said you're the label you're the one who has to like live with the record you know mm-hmm. it's your creation obviously um you know, you had your your partner in kind of co-producing and, and guiding the songs and whatnot too. But you know, this is in the end. You know, you are boots boots void at this point. And you're you're putting this record out and trying to attract other players to want to be a part of it as well. And yeah, um, I'm not trying to do. Uh, this isn't intended to be like a solo thing though. I want I want a band. You know, I'm actually I have some people who are getting ready to rehearse with me. But I I I want like boots void isn't supposed to be my like my alter ego or something it's like that's the band name yeah. and no one needs to know that that i played on everything i had a I, you know what i mean like it, it's not that it, that's not the thing that i want it to be a band i want i want people writing music with me i want i want other people to write the music i don't want to have to do all of it <laughs> that's awesome dude and i think this will be kind of a great kind of starting point for others that do want to like i think this is going to attract the right people that want to collaborate with you and write music together. I hope so. Um, and, <laughs> but I also think it's very cool in making this record kind of by yourself. Like, uh, you, you kind of, it kind of goes on that, you know, Trent Reznor level of, of, of just kind of, rec- you know, making this record by yourself. And, but it is like a band, like you're saying as well. And there's, there's a bunch of different layers to it and everything. So, that element of it is very cool as well. Um, yeah, as uh, as far as uh, the process of of making the record, were you, were you super heavily involved in all the decisions being made, like your mixing and, yes. and all that jazz? Yes. Right on. Yes, everything. Th- there's some stuff I don't know how to do, and um, I just kind of let 
Danny do his thing, and then I sort of check it, and he's really good, and I learned a lot doing this. But uh, everything, yeah, every single thing on there is like run by me. I mean, it's it's me playing everything, and it's me, you know. I mean, not to say I did everything on it. I mean, I had uh, see, I had Nathan Trube. He showed up and played on. He's in Tango. He played guitar on a couple songs. He played on two songs. If you buy the CD, you can find out which ones. <laughs> um, and then then uh, Anthony uh, Medici played bass on a couple songs too, and they both tore it up they both came in for a day apiece and just laid it down stuff where i was like i can't i don't sound good on the song playing bass i got to get a real guy to do it you know just not laying into it right or whatever yeah and that's i mean that's cool that even that that you were able to like recognize that you know just be like all right well i do need help with this Mm -hmm. this part and you know this is going to make the final product better it's for me to kind of get out of the way on this part and whatnot um cool man Maybe we step into a little, little musical break here. Play play another track off the record. Uh, this is a jam called the Bardo that I did quite a bit. So this is uh, this is Boots Void, everybody, off the uh, the new Cave Paintings record.
Danny O'Hanlon was your, your kind of co-producer on this thing. Yeah, he's he's the head producer. Yeah. And um, what kind of drew you into wanting to make this record with him specifically? So Nathan from Tango, my other band, Tango Alpha Tango. He and Danny have known each other for a long time, and Danny's a producer in town. And Nathan and Danny were working on a record together. Nathan told me about Danny and his setup, told me you can kind of just, I mean, he's got this really cool studio with all this amazing gear. He's a collector. He knows how to use all of it. And it's sort of just like a, like a gear wonderland, and he knows how to set it up and everything and record it and get great sounds. So Nathan's like, dude, you should go to, you should, you should track one song with him. This is a really cool idea. He's like, track one song with him and, and tell him you're doing a single so there's no pressure. And then after that song's done, see if he's the right guy. And it was obvious within the first like hour that it was the right guy. But so we went there and we, we recorded Awake, which is uh, on the record. And it was like the coolest experience. We did that all in a day. And I was hoping it would be like, oh, cool, 10 songs, 10 days. No, it doesn't work like that. But that <laughs> song went fast. You know? Did you track and like mix it down that day? Yeah. Like I mean, we, a okay, we ended mix? up, yeah, a rough mix. We ended so you, up making a different mix later. Okay. Once, you know, but it gave you an later. idea of what, was, what the capabilities were and yeah. whatnot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, well, I mean, and Danny's a drummer. He's, he's also a multi-instrument. He plays bass and guitar. What's up? Oh, you're good. Yeah, he he plays he plays uh, drums, bass, guitar, mandolin, whatever. You know, he can play anything, um, and he knows you know he knows how to get good sounds because he plays all these instruments and uh, he's a killer musician, killer producer, um, mixing dude, and yeah, he just knows he knows he he's like not afraid to take those kind of risks that would sort of maybe em embarrass you in front of a you know, if you're a producer might other producers might like make fun of you for it or something you know he doesn't care about that kind of stuff he's just like whatever it's distorting let's just do it you know who cares if we're in the red or what you know like that sort of thing and i love that i think that's really cool that's the kind of kind of dude i like working with i've worked with, you know I've, I've gotten lucky i've worked with a lot of people like that in my life i've gotten really lucky david pollock's another guy like that just kind of people that that get it yeah like what you're going for and but also knowing like how to compliment and, and challenge what you're doing sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And I know you were kind of saying like with some of those songs that you added, added later seem seemed like Danny was pretty instrumental in kind of making those songs happen and figuring out how to find, find what was good about those songs to make them part of the record. Yeah. He's, he's really good at, it, like telling you what what you're doing that's stupid like what, that doesn't sound very good don't do that you know like he's 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 got a really good ear for that like hey uh, i don't know when you say that one line it kind of makes me uh, not want to listen to you at all or whatever like kind of try relaxing maybe like try to speak it out more like john lennon or you know he knows how to like kind of get it out of you and tell you what you're doing wrong and all that that's what you need you need someone to tell you what you're doing wrong absolutely you know if, if telling you what you're doing is right is great i mean you can tell when it's right but it's like, just keep doing stuff until it sounds crappy. When it sounds crappy, don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think it's super, super important to have some honest feedback while you're making something like this, you know? Yeah. Just someone that is going to tell you, yo, this is not working. Yeah. <laughs> this is not where it's at. <laughs> I think the, the best bit of advice for that I've gotten for uh, how to, like, how to how to work in the studio without um, going down too many rabbit holes 
uh, is, you know, can I live with it? Can I, is this a, is this a take that, do I love it or do I hate it? You don't have to love it, but if you hate it, it's got to go, you know? Don't worry about perfection. You're not going to achieve that, but you can definitely tell if you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, as far as all the prior experience that you've had with Tango Off of Tango, making records and playing shows, do you feel like that heavily informed your your experience with this? Definitely. Oh yeah. Every every experience informs the next. And even that that thing about can I live with it? Like I learned that from recording with Tango. And Nathan was all about that. I mean, is we're still a band. We still record and all that. Yeah, it's, it's certainly. I mean, we play a lot. You know, yeah. we play all the time. And that there's something about playing in a live band, in a, in a good live band with people that can that can really play. They're doing it over and over and over again. You start to realize things that you you know you start to see the light, so to speak. You start to hear things that you couldn't hear before, and it, you can tell it doesn't it's, it doesn't get capped off. Like you could you know, sky's the limit with this stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's just very cool to, like I think, Tango, is, definitely one of the best bands in Portland, and especially the live show, and um, it's just cool to see, see you step out from just behind the kit and and put out this record as well. Um, is that intimidating to you at all, to to put this thing out? Just uh, because you do surround, seem to surround yourself with so many good like songwriters. Yeah, oh, definitely. But I think I have good ideas, so I was never like afraid of my ideas. I was hoping to work them through with other people, like other band members, but th it just didn't work out that way. But it, I'm not like afraid of what I can do or something. But but you know that's one thing. That's in the studio. You can do as many takes as you want. I'm I'm a little nervous for the live show. I mean, I've been practicing a lot practicing singing that's a different thing like i'm not as comfortable singing as i am drumming definitely not i mean i'm learning to sing but i can do it and i know i can do it well i know i will do it well i, I don't know if i'm quite there yet but i can i can tell that i can do this yeah so i just got to keep practicing keep working at it yeah i would Im imagine it's, a, it's a, like a whole new experience for you to be you know front and center on the microphone instead of in the back on the kit. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to like stand in a different part of the stage. I don't really want to be like the front front man who's got all the attention. I'm not trying to, you know, absorb spotlight or something. I'm just like I wanted to try something different. I had some ideas and it's really hard to like to uh when you're in a band, it's hard to get your ideas across if someone's already a primary songwriter. You yeah. Know? Which is totally fine. That's why people do solo projects. That's why I, you know, decided to put out my own thing. Right just to express like a completely different thing. It's a bucket list. Like I, I felt like as a drummer, I sort of don't make the statement that I want to make, even though I love it. It's definitely like the best thing in the world, but just I kind of want people to know it's not just like a one dimensional thing that you don't just play drums. Yeah. That's kind of, that's sort of it. It's not, it's not that so much though. It's just like, it's just something it's like, why do you do anything that you that you want to do? You know, it's just an, it's just something I really wanted to do, and I've always been interested in this. And I love I love recording. I love being in the studio. I just wanted to try it. I didn't really. I I thought I would just put out a record, kind of low key, and not, you know, 
maybe just leave it at that. But I really want to just now I want to do it live. You know, I'm like, I like the record. I want to play these songs. I don't think I could bring these songs to another band and be like, here, let's start playing this record. I think the only way to do that is just start my own band. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, I would th- I would think that having the record now will make it easier to for people to learn like oh yeah these songs and whatnot yeah make it so much easier to learn like and it's also hard to get people to get on board with you if you don't have a record yeah when you just got some <laughs> ideas see it's, i mean I, I yeah i think it definitely would make more sense for for someone to be like oh this dude already made this rad record and he's obviously you know not bullshitting about wanting to put music out you He's already doing it and wants to keep doing it. Um, and the songs are fun to play, so there's that. I mean, that's all people really want is either to you know play with cool people, or or play great songs or get paid a lot of money. If you know if two of those things are firing, then you're probably in good shape. Um, this record is really fun to play. I'm, I've played all the instruments. I I know that this is a fun record to play. I've been playing for a while. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's easier now, you know. Getting you, people on board. I know. I know. You've already said that. You know, you want this to be a band and whatnot. But because you did play all of the instruments, uh, does that make it any more difficult for you to have other people play those parts? Um, no, no, not at all. I I think it'll sound way better if other people play them. If if like an actual guitarist plays the guitar part, maybe they. I think right off the bat we should probably stick to the tr- the parts on the record more or less i mean there's like 70 tracks on each song but we basically stick to the record and then once that that's sort of dialed then it's like all right well why don't you why don't you try playing something similar similar to that it comes from maybe a little more informed place like you know i'm not, i'm excited to hear what some you know killer players sound like on these parts i think it's gonna be rad yeah and you've already you've already started doing some some lab rehearsals and whatnot uh yeah Yes. Is it is it uh, weird at all to have somebody else playing drums and not being in that position? Yeah, sure. But it's it's only. Um, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be pretty hard on the drummer, but I mean, as long as you have a killer player, it's a, you know it's fine. Play the part. Play like a metronome. Kind of inject yourself into it. I think that's. I'm excited to to really get into that world. I think that's gonna be cool. Um, yeah. Totally, totally down for another drummer playing these parts. Definitely. Awesome. Um, yeah, I know you do some some teaching as mm-hmm. far as drums and whatnot. Is that something that's very fueling to your creative process, or or is it more of just a way that you kind of like to give back and teach teach others to to play this instrument that's kind of giving you so much in your life? Yeah, it's a bit of bit of both, I guess. And I mean, I I like teaching. I really enjoy it. I like uh helping people, especially musicians. And uh I like seeing that that epiphany moment that you know, someone someone gets when they figure it out. I think that's really cool. And I'm really good at communicating the idea, so that is a strong point for me and I really enjoy doing that. Uh it pays the bills. There's that, but it, it, as a musician, you have to do anything, anything you can do 
that's not anything that you that you do that is related to music is is fine like and you know whatever that is like as long as i'm not doing something totally unrelated like selling newspaper subscriptions or something dumb like that <laughs> um you know teaching lessons um uh, recording for other bands touring writing your own music um writing funny music that has nothing to do with anything you'd ever want to put out i mean anything that you can do that's music related is totally good yeah, it's all going to, like you were saying, any experience is going to be something that, you know, informs the next, so. And, you know, you'll know if it's the wrong thing because you'll get a feeling when it's happening. You'll know, like, hey, I shouldn't be here. This is, this is, this job is not for me. Yeah. You get that feeling, that, like, hot feeling, that kind of, it's probably different for everybody, that, that feeling of um, dread, that you should probably listen to that. Yeah. And just do something that you like doing. No, I feel, <laughs> I feel that, man. I, I recently saw, um the rapper blueprint he's out of ohio and he's been he's been doing this a long time and um he made mention of this on stage when he was here in portland a few weeks ago and he was just kind of talking about people that maybe reference uh their art as being a grind and kind of talking about if you if you see it as a grind it might not be the right thing you know that might not be your your passion, you know? Yeah, I don't know about but that. I, I mean, I, I understand <laughs> that it's, it's, it is hard work and, like, there's, there's parts of it that you don't want to do necessarily all of the time, but... Yeah, I, I mean, pr- was, sorry, I go ahead. A, I just thought it was an interesting... It just gave me a different perspective, I think, on, on it and just trying not to see it as a... Gr- but like, even the parts of, of the podcast that I don't want to do that, that are that are kind of the grind of it. It just kind of made me look at it from a different set of eyes and just be like, all right, well, like this is all for the greater good of the product or, or whatever the creative process of it. So yeah, it's all necessary. So, you know, if you don't want to do the work, then I don't know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it (laughs) to a certain degree. Back to the the thing about being in the recording studio where it's like, can I live with this or not? Like that that's kind of where I sort of stand on that. Like I don't think every moment of practicing drums has to be totally passionate and feel like you're on drugs or something. But yeah, you, know, you have to not hate it. But you do hate it sometimes, you know. I mean, there's there's like when you walked in when I was practicing this thing from this book, and I I just couldn't get it. I was pissed off. <laughs> I was mad, but uh, you know, and then I, I I did get it. There was a moment where I was like, "Oh, that's how you play it, duh." And then it's like that felt really good. So I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to say that if you're, you know, not feeling it all the time, then it's not right for you because you're never going to find that. Well, maybe maybe he's just like some euphoric dude, but I I just don't feel that way about it. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I think I, maybe I did not communicate it exactly correctly. Because I think I think he would agree with all of those things too. Um, I think it was more just like if you're not willing to to put that work in, like it's not it's just not going to equal to to much. I don't think. And if you're D- not, certainly, yeah. Um, and and then you don't get to those parts, like you said, like you were frustrated with it, and then you're like, and then you you did figure it out. And it's just like, oh, okay, like that part does feel really good, and then to get to translate that to somebody else and what like watch them pick it up, and know that it was a difficult thing to do, you know, it's obviously gonna make them a, 
a better player for knowing how to nail that. So definitely. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I like that part of it. I like that it took me a while to realize that sometimes it's okay to not like what you do while you're doing it, but you do have to know that it's worth it. You have to be aware, like, you know, that feeling I was like that dread feeling that feeling needs to not be around. If that feeling's around, maybe it's the wrong thing. But if it's like, you're just frustrated and you're just mad, like that's different. <laughs> you're like, yeah. you're just frustrated because your brain knows what you should do and, and you're not able to focus. Your eyes can't stay on the page or whatever. And your, your, your arms and legs are doing something different. And that's, that's a very frustrating, confusing feeling. But if you know that you can slow it down, put on a metronome, take it slower, like painfully slow, you know that you can end up getting it and then gradually speed it up. And then, okay, I've done this before, I can do it again, you know? And it translates to anything in life, any career, any, anything you're doing that, that's hard to do, you know? But I, I just don't like this idea of like, oh, art is passion, like it's all passion. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, in the movies, it's like romantically, it's passion. It's like, a lot of it sucks. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like, especially if you're trying to pursue this as your career, you know, you're going, like, it's not all going to be fun, and it is going to suck sometimes, and, you know, going to practice when everybody else is having fun is mm -hmm. not, not rad, well, you Practice know? is fun. I like, I like practicing with people. I always like playing with people. Yeah? Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's like, always fun. Yeah. Um, Even if the music sucks. <laughs> <laughs> if it's if it's good players or you know good people it's fun um man i was gonna i was gonna ask you something that we're when we we're talking about uh how long how long have you kind of like made your living off of music now uh like how long have i just been doing music only yeah um well not that long maybe like a year or something i mean i've been doing music my whole life yeah constantly but i haven't had a side hustle for about a year that's killer man yeah congrats thank you <laughs> that's yeah. awesome it yeah it only took you know a few decades and i think that that's <laughs> also the thing is is it's it's funny uh sometimes talking with people that have never pursued anything like this uh especially i don't know i'll get into conversations with with family sometimes and they're just like so has anything happened yet? It's just yeah. Like, I don't know. Are I you feel famous like, yet? I feel like they don't really understand that. It's not the point. Some of my favorite people in the world too. Like aside from it not being the point, some of my favorite people in the world. It took them twenty or thirty years even to for something to really happen. You know, it just uh, it's not. Yeah, you know, it could be ten years or maybe never for might, to be yeah. discovered or for something to to happen where you're bringing in money that makes you super comfortable you know yeah it's not, it can't be about that part of it right yeah you the know? sooner you realize that the better you know the sooner that you decide well this is what i should be doing so i'm just going to do this i mean you have to be kind of good at it at a certain point you should be checking in and being honest with yourself like but once you realize that like it's okay to be poor for a little while and just work on I mean, you're going to get way better at what you do if you do it that way. It's, that's what you should be doing. <laughs> that, that desperation can, can be a solid drive as well. Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's a balance because, you know, if you're not making rent, it's like, well, you got to make a choice. What am I, you know, 
am I going to keep living in this place? Because if I am, I might need to figure something out, you know? Well, anyway. <laughs> right on, man. Um, so you're going to try and do some touring with this? Oh, definitely, this yeah. Thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it with this thing. I mean, it's already, you know, the 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 making it thing like that would be really cool you know but it's so fun just recording music and putting it out and uh, I mean that's that's really fun I really like just doing music it doesn't have to be a huge thing but I do want to tour because I love touring and I do want people to hear this music I want to get it out there however however possible yeah absolutely um, yeah as far as wanting to keep putting music out and keep playing as far as I don't know. Putting the music out, is it important for you to just kind of document some things in your life and, and kind of have some things to show what you've done? Or is it is it just uh, more of a personal thing of wanting to r- release these things and not just have these songs sitting in your in your brain or on a shelf somewhere? Yeah, I think it's kind of a shame when you when you write something really cool and nobody hears it. It's sort of sad. I don't know. I just it's just sort of the process. You you make you make the thing and then you release it. It's just kind of all I know. That's what I've been doing my whole life, just with other bands and you know, there's either a performance or or a release or something. Otherwise, it's just I don't know. It's I almost want to say it's like selfish to keep it. I don't really think it's selfish, but it's just a shame when a good music, when a good song doesn't doesn't make it out into you know nobody ever hears it. You know that kind of sucks. Yeah, I feel that. Even uh, I do some songwriting and cool. It's funny. It's, it's funny to uh, I don't know pick up the guitar and you play this song that you've been writing for three or four years, and it's just sitting there. And you're just like. This is a really cool song, man. Yeah. Nobody's hearing this no shit. It's just you, it's just you in the uh, you in the basement yeah, <laughs> hearing well, these tunes. What kind of music are you writing? What, what's the, what's this? I mean, I hate to ask I don't that know. question, but like, what you know, what's your style? It's, it's like singer songwriter vibes. Cool. Uh, Guitar. I, if I vocals. if I play a show, it's usually solo acoustic. Sweet. Um, I like the the first EP I put out like five years ago. Um, definitely was like full band um i had some some players come in and play and i actually started recording a second one maybe two or even three years ago and i just got to a point with the rough mixes where i wasn't feeling it for some reason and i i don't know what it was but i did and they're still kind of sitting there and they could be worked upon again but I don't know if I just wasn't like capturing the right energy with it all, or I just wasn't stoked with the progression from the first one to the next one or what, but I definitely, you know, I have all these other tunes now that I'm just like, all right, like, I think it's, I think it's time to maybe put some music out. Um, but there's, I don't know, there's a lot of reservations with it. It's, it's an interesting thing. I think to be honest with you, there's, I've met so many talented people doing this podcast and and seen so many good fucking bands and musicians in this city just going to shows and whatnot um, that it is a little intimidating, I think, 
for me to put music out at this point sometimes oh it's too bad i i, I mean you I, should do it I, you look, should put I've it been, out i've definitely been trying to I put some though. time away to want to do that but it is like it's silly i don't necess- i don't think i'm going to lose any credibility for this whole separate thing of like doing the podcast or anything if mm-hmm. i put out some music that people don't like or anything but it is it, it is just an interesting thing position i feel like to be in so i i think i think it can be easy for me to kind of hide under this into this podcast thing because i do do it weekly and i do put a lot of work into it so i can kind of say i don't know man i'm just too busy to write (laughs) my own like put out my own music right now i'm doing all this other stuff but i think also it's a little bit of of kind of hiding behind that so yeah well I don't know, keep writing and, and maybe you'll write something that you actually want to release. Yeah. Or get some help with it. Get another set of ears on it. Someone who can like, hey, why don't you tweak this verse? Or like, what, I don't like what you're saying here. That's kind of dumb. Why don't you say this instead? Or like, hey, have you thought about adding, you know, like delay guitar on this, like over the top or something? Whatever. No, know? no, you're, you're absolutely right. And the crazy thing is now that I have been involving myself in this this music community so much, I feel like I have all of the best players that I want around are around. And I feel like, you know, I could be like, Hey, would you be interested in playing on this thing? You know? And so I have those people around me and it is just kind of a thing. I think I need to find, find some of those people that I feel comfortable being vulnerable with in that space and showing them those songs and being like, Hey, how do we make these into like what I know they can be? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you ever need a drummer, hit me up. <laughs> appreciate it, or man. Another set of ears. I'll tell you if it sucks. And definitely appreciate <laughs> just, just like the encouragement to to put something out, yeah, and not just let something sit on the shelf. Yeah, it's a uh, shame. And yeah, this this record you made, dude, is is very inspiring and and powerful. I think, and um, I just appreciate the the songwriting. I think. You have so many excellent hooks on this record, but also it has a lot of character to it and, and all these cool things that happen, like especially in Gravity, um, that like piano solo that ends up <laughs> happening just kind of out of nowhere. Like I think it's just such a cool touch on it and just kind of takes you out of the, the, comfort, the, like the comfortableness of it almost. Sure, in yeah. A, in a great <laughs> way. Like, in yeah. the best way almost in that like radiohead way where they just kind of throw like a wrench in the system yeah so I it's di- definitely an uncomfortable solo it's like right in the beginning of the record and there's this like terrible pianist that walks up and starts playing it's like i think it's cool though I but like you already like established like this rad hooky guitar line and like cool chorus and whatnot before all that happens so i think it it adds to the song rather than kind of takes away from anything you know cool i think you get it thanks that was the whole Sweet. that was the idea <laughs> all right we had a we had a revelation like, through this cool conversation it's, it's that's like yeah you have these two things side by side and you have like this really thought out meticulous stuff and then you just kind of fuck it all up with this bad solo i think that's just that's just a cool idea that Do was you, that was Danny's idea. He was like, you should just go and try to play a piano solo. <laughs> Do you think 
You you played that solo? I played everything on Dude, that. That's that's so killer that you played everything. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bunch of me. It's it's rad though, man. It's, it's I think that I think that really displays like the level of musician that you are though. No oh, thanks. Yeah, dude. That's nice. And I appreciate the feedback. That's do nice. You, do you think, as far as something like that piano solo, being there, is that something that you would have dug the 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 idea of ten years ago, or is that something maybe you've come to later? I think yeah. I think you're right about that. It's a kind of took me. It, yeah, I I don't know if I would have liked that. I don't, I think I was more about like being really clean and having everything perfect and all that. I have just, I would do a much different record 10 years ago than yeah. I did then, you know? No, I, d- I definitely now, I mean. kind of feel the same on that. Like, I think even 10 years ago, for me, I would have been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> why, why is this happening now? Yeah. <laughs> why know. did you ruin this, <laughs> this song like this? Yeah. But I actually like, yeah, I dig the fuck out of it. And it, sta- it stands out to me as like a moment on your record too. It's like a cool moment. Cool. And yeah, I think that that happens a few times. And I, like I said earlier, um, I just really dig the, all the different dynamics and, and feels of it. Cause I definitely, I think there's like, we're going to, um, we're going to play it out at the end with, with, uh, get your bell, got your bell, got yeah. your bell. And, and like that song <clears throat> has like a lot of straight ahead vibes that, that almost have like Tom Petty feels, you know, it's like, that simple Tom Tom Petty Ryan Adams kind of vibe. Sure, yeah, totally. So I appreciate that along with a song like No Code, which I I think that song we were talking about a little bit before we got on the mics. You kind of feel like that maybe that's one of those songs you have to listen to a few times to to really attach yourself to, and I definitely agree with that. But after li- after listening to it a few times, that that's become one of my favorite jams on the record. I think it has a lot to do with the, the drumming on that particular song. I think the drums are just super rad. But also, it's got that uh, it's got that line that that should I wait for you, even though you never asked me to. For some reason, that that particular part always sticks with me as well. And if you buy the CD, you get a bunch of lyrics with it. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta have reason for people to like buy these physical yeah, things I now. Yeah, well, the uh, artwork's sick. That's aside, that's a good aside, yeah, aside from like it including the lyrics on the on the physical copies, um, I do want to, you know, give you an opportunity to shout out um, Ruby who did uh, the artwork for the record because it it's absolutely beautiful, and she did an amazing job. Yeah. So, the album cover is a, an acrylic painting of my face really psychedelic with a bunch of flowers and a, a rabbit and stars and trees and water and space and space icicles and my hair is like glowing it looks really cool and it's an acrylic painting it's larger than vinyl so it's made for vinyl but we're doing a cd right now uh let's see on the inside there's this really cool insert of it's a depiction of the bardo it's oh. actually the name of that that nice, uh dude. insert is called the bardo and so it's Kind of about about that song, that that vibe, what the Bardo is, and yeah. then when you open up the uh, CD, the disc, that's where yeah, the money's at. This is the coolest thing because <laughs> it's like, yeah, people, you know, CDs, whatever, they're going out. Apple took them out of computer. Man, I keep plugging Mac. This sucks. But they took them out <laughs> of all those MacBooks, and now you can't like burn a CD, which is stupid. 
But whatever. Everyone has a CD player in their car. This disc is a saw blade that was with an oil painting on it. With a, I mean, it's just gorgeous. It's this scene of Amanda Palmer looking through a telescope and her hair is turning into honeycomb and a rabbit on fire is flying into the ocean into flying fish. And it's just like the craziest scene. And this was a saw blade and we, you know, shrunk it down to a, the CD and it just looks awesome. There's no text on it or anything. It's just this beautiful CD. So, you know, at the very least, you know, get it just for the artwork, you know. You can just listen to the stuff on Spotify. I don't care. But check out the CD for the artwork. Yeah, there's and some, then some very psychedelic vibes to it. Also, Ruby Lee is a tattoo artist in town, and she's incredible. So I will make if sure you mention this podcast, you'll get 10% off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell her that on my way out. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but you should try it. I will <laughs> definitely include her... Uh, her Instagram handle in the uh, in the notes as well, so people Sweet. can keep up with that. Um, yeah, flying fish tattoo. It's pretty straight ahead as far as how to keep up with what you're doing. Is it just at Boots Void? That's it. Yeah, on Bo- social medias. Boots Void Band at Boots Void Band. So everything's Boots Void Band. Yeah. And hopefully, a uh, a proper show is in the works. Yes. For people to see. Yes, I'm getting offers already for gigs, which is really cool. That's so awesome, dude. Getting a band together and see where it goes. Right on, dude. Well, can't say enough great things about the record. Like I said, when you sent it to me, when you kind of got those first masters back or whatever six months ago, I was just immediately very, very drawn in and impressed and just I don't know. I just don't I don't know what I was expecting. Not a pop record, right? I I don't think I had, like, any expectations. It was just I was kind of talking to you about trying to, you know, put something together with Tango eventually. And you are just like, hey, man, I want to put this solo record out. And I was just like, all right, let's hear this shit. And I was was just super stoked because I could immediately be like, yeah, dude, I really want to, you know, talk about this record and have you on the the podcast sometimes. So, um Thanks, man. Yeah, I think people often think that it's it's either going to be drum music or it's going to be like like tango, but you know I don't I don't really write f- for tango. Yeah. And I don't want to put out a record of just drums. I mean, I love that. <laughs> like I love it's going to be stuff, some like crazy experimental record or something. I mean, I, maybe maybe someday, but I, I really just love pop songs, and this record is a pop record. It's full length, ten song pop record, dream pop, you know, ambient psych rock record. I've always wanted to do something like this. So there You've you have done it. it. You did it. I did it. It's done. Now I can now I can die. I made my statement. <laughs> there you go. Right on, dude. Well, definitely um appreciate and uh respect you very much as a as a musician and it's a pleasure to get to hang out and kinda learn more about where you come from and where your music comes from and I hope people uh I hope people check out this record because I think it's definitely worth checking out front to back it's it's a cool listening experience especially in the headphones there's just like a lot a lot of different things going on so being able to listen to it in the headphones and hear hear everything kind of cut through it's it's definitely one of those things where i listen to it and every every time i go back through it i'll pick up something different it's like oh i didn't i didn't even hear that guitar in the background on that or yeah that's because it's written by a drummer. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like every instrument on the drum set is it's it has its own melody, and you don't want it to get in the way of the other melodies. So that's like that's how I write music. It's just like a bunch of stuff happening at once, kind of dancing 
with each other, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's, that's what I love doing. That's my vibe. That's what I like doing. So you get a pop record like that. Right on, dude. I dig it. Well, thanks for having me on, man. I, I really appreciate you hitting me up about this. This yeah, is super dude. cool. Happy to, love your happy to spread, spread the word about it. Uh, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, it's a program. So if we could get the, uh, the Joey Harmon, it's a program. We can we can properly end this episode. Oh, you want to? Just, you it, can go for it. It's a program. It's a there. It is. You nailed it. <laughs> That's it. That's Joey Harmon, everybody. Uh, you can you can find him uh, playing playing drums for some bands around town, or uh, check out this this Boots Void record. is is very good, and we're gonna we're gonna play it out with with one of my favorite songs that we we talked about just moments ago called uh got your bell and uh find the record everywhere it's on the all the streaming platforms the apple music the spotify's and uh that's it that's that's the jelly jam and we will catch you on the flip side portland
been taking it's a program 